Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, I talked a little bit yesterday about the sad story, the pathetic story, Matt Barnes, parent out of control at a youth basketball game, high school basketball game, caused a, a stir and is now out as the pre- and post-game host on the Sacramento Kings broadcast uh, locally there in Sacramento. It's not the only reason I want to have our next guest on. I've known him for a long time, Jason Anderson. He covers the Kings. Uh, he's been at the Sacramento Bee forever, does a fantastic job there for a great paper. Uh, Jason Anderson joining us from Sacramento. Uh, hey, man, how you doing? I'm good, John. Thanks for, for having me on. And, um, you know, I'm not coming on your show without telling you and, and your listeners how uh, how grateful I am to you for, for your friendship and, and the way you mentored me as a, as a young, dumb college kid 20-plus uh, years ago. You you uh, took time out of – you were well on your way to, to being one of the best sports writers in the world already and, and took uh, quite a bit of time to, to kind of help me along and – uh, I will be forever grateful for that. Well, you have uh, you have done it and have covered the Kings, and you've come a long way. And I got to know, uh, I appreciate what you said too, but I also saw a lot of talent in you. And I think for listeners out there, you know, you either you either be a mentor, you find a mentor. I had him, you had him. Um, Jason's one of those kids that I just saw a ton of talent in, and just took some time to talk with him about you know what he wanted to do with the craft in his career, and uh, he is sword now at the Sacramento Bee calling the shots there um give me an idea Let, can we start with the Matt Barnes story how wild and weird that is and for people who don't know Barnes kind of went nutty at a high school basketball event and was berating the officials put his hand on the broad the uh public address announcer broadcaster's shoulder and kind of lectured him um what happened there yeah well we should point out that the, the the, this is a, a student play-by-play announcer, uh, 17 years old, I believe, um, and, and he's he's sitting there calling the game. And uh, Matt had uh, Matt got upset with the officials, um, had some some choice words for them. He was kind of up on um, pacing the sideline and directing some words out onto the floor, and um, somehow this kid caught his eye. And and you know according to according to his account. Um, Matt said, you know, what are you looking at? And that led to the exchange where Matt leaned in and, and, you know, this is all on video where Matt put his hand on, on the the young man's shoulder and leaned in and had some words. And according to, uh, according to the student, uh, he he said, don't touch me. And Matt said, I will slap the the blank out of you. And, you know, that kind of became a, a, a viral moment on social media. It was out there. The LA times reported on it. The New York post reported on it. Uh, we, uh, we reported on it and, um, you know, and then here we are a couple of weeks later and, and NBC sports, California, uh, has parted ways with Matt. Yeah. He, he was, I should, yeah. yeah, he was, he was, uh, in his third year working as a, as like a pregame and postgame studio analyst, uh, for, for Kings games. He grew up here in Sacramento. Um, has always been a little bit of a polarizing figure due to, you know, some of his, his run-ins, um, uh, with the law and, and other personal things over the years. Um, but, but, you know, was, you know, I'll say talented guy. I mean, talented analyst, 
um, worked his butt off as a player to, to carve out a 14-year NBA career after coming out as like a, a 46 pick, I think, in the draft. And, um, you know, lots of talent there um, on and off the floor, uh, but but has just had, you know, just, just some of these run-ins that have derailed him a little bit over the years. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've heard people say your strengths can be your weaknesses. And in one hand, Matt Barnes is a fighter. On the other hand, he's a fighter. And so it's like, you know, that thing, that thing not necessarily good when you're trying to be a youth sports parent and you should probably be sitting there cheering for your kid instead of yelling at the officials. Um, let's check in on the Kings, Jason. Like, you know, you have your your uh, finger on the pulse there. They're, they're in the eighth spot in the Western Conference. You know, Portland, uh, nowhere near the, the playoff picture this season. And one small market to another. Give us an idea, kind of the state of the union with the Kings franchise. Well, you know, it took a, <clears throat> it took a long time to get here. They, uh, you know, they had 16 consecutive losing seasons, the longest playoff drought in NBA history. And then um, all of a sudden they, they made a couple of good hires in a row and, and, you know, a good draft pick here and there. And that sort of changed their fortunes. And, and uh, Monty McNair is the general manager. Uh, Wes Wilcox is the assistant GM. They came in, they made, uh, you know, they made a, a couple of good picks. Uh, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton. They ended up flipping him for, for Demonis Sabonis. Uh, they drafted Keegan Murray. De'Aaron Fox was already here. They extended him. Well, that was one of their first uh, priorities when, when they took over. Uh, and then they hired Mike Brown, who has, um, you know, a, a great track record over the years. Uh, most recently, three with the Warriors as, as Steve Kerr's lead assistant. Um, and, and, you know, they brought Mike in. And almost overnight, the culture changed. And, and you know, I've talked to people around the NBA who um, said that great Warriors culture, uh, Mike had just as much to do with it as, as anybody in that organization. And, and we've really seen that here in Sacramento where he's just created a, an environment where everybody wants to grow and get better and, and be together and, uh, and work towards, you know, a common goal. Uh, they, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, kind of soared really out of nowhere to the three seed in the West. Um, this year it's been a little different, you know, with the rise of Minnesota and Oklahoma City and uh, better health with the Clippers and um, the Pelicans. And, and, you know, some of these teams have, have you know, jumped up into that top six and, and the Kings have been pushed down a little bit, but they're tracking really on the same pace as they were a year ago. Um, and, and, you know, there's some things they're still trying to work out. Mike is, is demanding better defense here. He knows that for them to have any real postseason success, they're going to have to be a top 10 or 15 defensive team. Last year they were more like 24, 25. And so he's been willing to sacrifice some things offensively to um, implement um, some things on defense that he feels like they, they're going to have to be able to do eventually. And so there have been a few growing pains with that and, some of the shooters I've written recently about, um, you know, how they – some of their shooters really struggled early in the year because they really go on the defensive end, get over screens, fight through, you know, this stuff and, and exert more energy on that end, and, and their legs just weren't always there uh, to offense. But um, even some of those guys seem to be coming around now. Kevin Herter is a good example where uh, he's, he's back to where – um, maybe the last 20 games or so, he's, he's shooting the three a lot better than, than he was early in the year. Um, so we're starting to see some of Mike's vision uh, come to fruition here, and, and we'll see what they can do over the last like 27 games to, to you know solidify another playoff spot. Jason Anderson, Sacramento Bee, is with us, covers the Kings. 
five of the eight teams in the, the top eight teams in the West, I would say Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, Sacramento, New Orleans, five of the top eight aren't your traditional like large market teams. And I, I'm used to seeing the big teams like the Lakers, the Warriors, you know, uh, others uh, dominate. And what do you think's happening there? Is this something that the league did or is this just – Hey, it's cyclical, and you know some of these small market teams are, are rising up. Well, that's interesting. Um, I think what we're seeing, what we're already seeing, is that that some of these teams you're referring to are, are just aging. They've got aging talent, future Hall of Famers, but um, you know they're getting along in the tooth. And you can you can point to LA, you can point to the Warriors, um, you know, as, as prime examples of that. Um, what I, what may be a factor now and certainly will become more of a factor going forward is uh, new provisions in the collective bargaining agreement with the, the first tax apron and the second tax apron, where these teams are going to start losing some of the, the financial tools that they're at their disposal um, if they're over the, the, the luxury tax limit. Um, and, and, you know, the, the higher, the further over that limit you are, the more hamstrung you're going to be in terms of team building. Um, for instance, losing things like the mid-level exception, uh, which, you know, can give you, I think now 11, 12 million to spend, um, you know, teams that are, that are just way, way over the cap are just not going to have that at their disposal. So not only are we seeing already a shift with some of that, but I think, you know, that could even be compounded a little bit going forward for a couple of these teams. If, if they can't find a way to get spending under control and the Kings are one of the teams that are, are maybe in a good position to take advantage of that because they're, they're earlier on in their team building and spending um, where, you know, the Kings in particular already have some money out on the table with Fox and Sabonis. Uh, Murray is, is going to become eligible for an extension before long, but they, they can do those things going forward at least with that thought in mind that, that, you know, they need to be careful of, of, how they do things so you know certain teams and and you know maybe portland can be one of them going forward because they've got a couple of nice guys on on rookie scale deals um and some other contracts that that you know they could move and and get off of um you know if you can take advantage and then have the foresight to to build your team the right way under the way this the cba is structured now that could set you up to to maybe be able to leapfrog some of these these traditional big spenders I heard a Blazer fan who's a friend of mine the other day say, hey, if Portland had a guy like DeMontis Sabonis, I could, I'd go to games, even if they weren't good. How, has he captured the fan base? Has he, is he a big selling point there? He is. He's a monster, and, and he's really underappreciated around the league. I, um, he is at this point now, I think, in my top five in MVP voting, uh, probably right around five. But um, he is, uh, he's, he's got a streak of 38 consecutive double-doubles. He leads the league in double-doubles and triple-doubles. Uh, second is, is Nicole Jokic, who's a two-time MVP. Um, he, he just brings it every single night. And, and that's a key part of it is that he plays every single night. He was doubtful last night uh, due to illness. And, you know, sure enough, he's out on the floor. Last season, he broke his thumb in December, suffered a, an avulsion fracture in, in his thumb. He missed one game and taped that thing up and, and got back out there, even though they were still talking about, you know, whether he would need surgery or not. And, and he didn't miss another game, uh, I, I don't think, the rest of the season. So 
he's he's available. He's <clears throat> he's strong. He's stronger than people give him credit for, and and he really eats against you know lighter body guys in particular. Uh, you know, Victor uh, Wembanyama was here last night, and and you know Dem- Demonis had his kind of had his way with him a little bit. Um, and, and we've seen him do that against other guys like Chet Holmgren and, and you know, some of the other other up-and-coming young bigs in the league. So he, he really has uh, built something special here. He wants to be here long-term, and, and you know, the Kings are, are certainly happy to have him. Jason Anderson, Sacramento Bee with us. You see the league. You're there. You're on it now. Give me your way too early. Who's in the NBA Finals? Gun to your head. You have to pick it now. Mm. Tough one. Um, tough in the West. It's uh, especially tough. But I would, um, you know, I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Denver. If you're really gonna put a gun to my head and make me say they've been there before, Mike Malone's a great coach. Jokic is uh, is just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Um, I would, uh, I, I would probably point to the Nuggets, even though they're fourth right now. Um, and then in the East, I think, uh, I think Boston is clearly the favorite. Um, with you know Cleveland and, and Milwaukee right behind them, Philly will still have a chance if if they can get him beat healthy and, and um, you know kind of get back up to speed in time uh, for the postseason run. But uh, uh, give me Boston and Denver at this point. All right, last question: All Star Game. I thought the three three point contest with Steph Curry and Sabrina was a highlight. I w- I I was so turned off by the game. What's the league going to do with this game, Jason? You know, I don't know. It's tough. It, it, um, you know, the one idea I've heard people talk about is going to a world format, U.S. versus the world, and I, I don't know if that would help or not. Um, I, I, you know, I liked the shift this year back to the East and West game, like traditionally. That I was always a, always a fan of that growing up, and and I think that's that's where it should be. Um, but you know, it really comes down to the players and and how much they care, and you know, for a lot of them you know, you get to this point in the season and, and their bodies are beat up, man. They're, they're, you know, it's a, it's a long grind, 82 games. Uh, the, the all-star break does not come at the midway point. It comes more like 55 to, you know, 57 games into the season. Um, and, and there are a lot of guys nursing a lot of things at that point. So, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to go out and, 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 and exert themselves in, in the way that, that maybe you would hope. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough weekend for some of them with all the demands on their time and, and stuff. So, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you can incentivize them in, in you know, some other way. Um, but it, it really eventually is going to come down to just the players, how much they care, what the game means to them. And, and I don't know if the NBA can find a way to, to you know, to, to make that mean more than it does right now or not. Appreciate you, man. I'm really proud of you. Good to see you doing your thing, Jason. Great to hear your voice. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, sir. Anytime, let me know and, and be well. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, too, and everything you're doing up there. Great show. Jason Anderson from the Sacramento Bee covering. I think I think it's good to check in, like, small market to small market. What's going on there? What could be if Portland got its act together with ownership and drafted the right players? And I am a big believer that if you have good ownership and good leadership, the other things are all easier. Uh, I don't know about you. Some parting thoughts for the weekend coming up. You got the BFT statewide on the bald face. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald face. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but 
If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.